15. Now him. Touchdown. Akupa giggled as she threw the pillow back at me. She reminded me of a young Tamara Dobson with her glowing dark brown smooth skin and the most beautiful curves I'd ever seen. She slowly crawled across the bed and purred like a cat, waiting for a treat as she sat back on her legs when she reached me. I stood with my shirt off and bent down slightly to kiss her. I paused to take in the beauty in front of me and she, drawing a crooked line on my bare, toned chest, smiled a familiar smile. I continued to kiss her cheeks, then her neck, and worked my way down to her shoulders. She smoothed her hands on the back of my head this time then my neck, inviting me to continue. I let out a soft moan to acknowledge her unspoken request, and as I nibbled softly on her shoulder, I lowered myself onto the floor. I knelt on my knees and ran my fingers across her back slightly, tugging at her brazier. I knew I'd get back to it soon, but for now, I'd work around it. I felt her breath one second at a time as the intensity built up between us. I felt the warmth of her body as I kissed her stomach, stopping to tease her navel. It wasn't deep, it didn't protrude, it was just right. Yakuba arched her back with a little moan, indicating the pleasure she felt. She had no idea the pleasure I felt. I could almost sense her readiness at this point, but I was determined to take my time to find all her favourite spots before releasing her. I ran my fingers down the back of her leg, making her jerk a little as I reached the bottom of her feet and lifted her legs one at a time. I nibbled on her calves as I felt the tightness there caused by her frequent wearing of high-heeled shoes, my favourite. There was a hint of cinnamon and something else I couldn't put my finger on, but it was equally as sweet to smell as it was to taste. I took her toes in my mouth as she grabbed the sheets and gave me another moan before I settled on her middle toe. She lifted her head from the bed and opened her mouth to say something, but I didn't hear her. She said it again. Mr. McKeady, sir. I opened my eyes, and before I could say anything, she continued. We're landing in 15 minutes. Can I get you anything before then? Except it wasn't Ikuba. It was the flight attendant who had attended to me half an hour ago. Can you get me to my wife? I wanted to ask but instead said, no thank you, and smiled. I wanted my perfect dream back. I looked out of the window and wondered what kind of a night to expect. I knew the restaurant we were going to was near the beach, which I loved and knew Akuba would too. Perhaps the sound of waves gently hitting the already moist sand would ease us into an equally tender night. Would she be ready to hear me out and accept my offer to start all over again? My biggest apology yet. I was beginning to get nervous knowing what I had put her through, but I loved her and I wasn't ready to let her go. I was hopeful that she felt the same and she would take me back. The funny thing was that just a few weeks ago, we had reconnected in a way which was totally unexpected. I'd popped into Black and Blue, a popular steakhouse near my office for some lunch, with my partner David and met Ekoba and her friend Effie, already tucked in at a corner table delving into some juicy steaks. I was instantly reminded of when she and I would meet up with our friends for dinner or lunch, days when we were happy, a time which had been lost. 
We joined them naturally, but it wasn't long before the ladies made their excuses and left. I remembered feeling empty, as though we were strangers, meeting perhaps for the first time, and it wasn't a nice feeling. I immediately called Ikuba and asked her to meet me in my office. I had no idea what I was going to tell her, but I had the sudden urge to see her. I asked Cathy, my assistant, to cancel the rest of my meetings for that day, and instead of leaving with her when she had turned up, we stood like a couple of strangers in the middle of my office and just stared at each other. With unspoken words and a burning desire, pain and suffering all rolled into one. Ikuba sobbed while her palm covered her face. I moved closer to her and sharing her pain held her tight, neither of us saying anything. She looked up at me and almost as if her eyes were speaking to me, I pulled her closer to me and gave her a deep kiss. I'd missed her. She didn't stop me and I didn't stop myself either and before I knew it, we were on my desk. My laptop pushed aside, papers and pens and more papers strewn across the desk, some on the floor and us desperately fumbling with buttons and zips and without speaking a word to each other, we made love. And when we were finished, Ikuba put her clothes back on and walked out of my office without a word. The sky was turning into a darker shade of blue and grey with yellow and orange backdrops. I could see lights down below announcing their readiness for the night ahead. I looked up and the sign for seatbelts to be fastened was flashing on the overhead screen. I did as was instructed and waited to hear the wheels touch the tarmac. I sat quietly recollecting the little Spanish I knew in case I needed to use it and whilst the events of the day were not lost on me, I made a mental note to inquire about the extant passengers I'd left behind. It had been an experience we would never forget, something that strangely would bond us together forever. The aircraft tilted to the left, then to the right, and again repeating the same motion, then with a slight jolt. The wheels touched the tarmac. We'd landed. Thank God, I thought. Now to get off. Then I remembered that with all the chaos on the train, I'd forgotten my bags. I didn't care about that anyway. I just needed to get to the restaurant. An operative at customs decided I was a suspicious traveller because I had no luggage. It took a few minutes to explain to him that my wife had travelled ahead with my luggage. A lie which unfortunately hadn't worked. The officer was still dubious. I would have to wait a little longer whilst he checked and verified that I had no ill intentions in their country. I had no choice. I had to wait, and I was convinced that some force of nature was trying to prevent Ikuba and I from being together. I had to think fast as I stood at the counter, waiting.